here we go. Hello, and welcome to the Comedian's Paradise. This is the podcast where we speak to amazing, tantalizing, awesome, fantastic, adventurous people from across the globe that inspire comedians like you and me to live this comedy journey on our own terms. Now, today's guest is an absolute wonder. His name is Oleg Denislov. He's come all the way from Russia to be on this podcast. He's a man who's been to Edinburgh. He's a man who has a very unique style that translates both well in Russian and English. He's a very unique character who you're going to absolutely love. Please welcome Oleg Denislov. Hi. Hi, uh, Marvin. Nice to be here. Thank you for having me again. Uh, it's Denisov, though. Denis Denisov. Denisov. Yes. Uh, yeah. But I understand. You're not the first and you're not the last one who said that, who pronounced my surname exactly the way you did. So this this happens quite a lot. <laughs> so, uh, what's, what's, what's been a very strange example you've had? Is it, have you heard anyone say, like, uh, bogey or something or Ole Dede Pola? Well, I mean, a lot of when I say the, uh, for example, in 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 Britain, when I say my name is Oleg, everybody just thinks that my name is Oliver, and I contract to Oli for some reason. I mean, some people some people think that it's kind of oh, it's Oli. Um, yeah, so um, get a lot of that. But uh, in general, uh, I, I actually I don't I don't I don't understand why like my surname, for example, is so difficult for. Uh, uh, you know, compares at gigs, like it's not the worst thing that can happen. It's just like the combination of letters, which is uh, uh, like, which which is unusual, just puts them into some sort of uh, uh, like into a stupor or something that they're like, yeah, well, this is this is difficult, even though it really isn't. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, um, with what since about about a year, I think maybe uh, since my last talk. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> well, what, yeah, what does just tell us a bit for like for people that don't know about you, tell us a bit well, about your story and like how you became a comedian and how you sit with talk chatting to me today. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you know, I became I became a comedian. I wanted to. I was always kind of into. Um, this sort of stuff. I was always into kind of performing and writing. And uh, uh, at some point, I didn't think that it would be an actual profession. And then I started writing and I started uh, like script writing for like an advertising and TV and so on. And then at some point, I made the transition. I thought, yeah, why, why am I basically constantly taking um, well, taking orders from somebody about what do I write and how, like, what do I sell? Uh, well, I can do it myself. Uh, and this is uh, when uh, I learned that there's such thing as stand-up comedy because in Russia, stand-up comedy is very new. It's maybe like you know, 10, 12 years old. Uh, so it was like about like five, five years old I started performing. And this is when I basically learned. I, I knew that there is stand-up, but I only knew that there is American or British stand-up. Sometimes I would see them like on the internet. I would see like George Carlin or something, um, Dylan Moran. Like, uh, and uh, uh, five years ago, I decided I would perform myself uh, and I started in Russian. And then I uh, realized that uh, this is there is a bigger market and kind of it's more diverse and uh, more developed and more interesting if we talk international comedy. And so I decided to perform in English. And in 2017, for the first time, I went to Edinburgh Fringe to perform a, like an hour show. Mm. And since then, yeah, since then I've performed in, the, in Edinburgh, uh, three full solo runs, and then uh, uh, like over know, 20 different international festivals around, around Europe, mostly Europe, Britain. Um, and um, in Moscow, we also organize, uh, run the, the international comedy scene uh, now we've uh, last year we've opened a club uh, it's it's the first comedy club which is fully trilingual comedy club in europe we have shows weekly in russian english and spanish it's called steal the show comedy club and uh, yeah if anyone's uh, interested in that or visiting moscow or anything like that uh, subscribe to our social media steal the show comedy club we um 
uh, do shows with locals in, in, in Russian and with uh, English with expert comedians. And we also invite uh, people over uh, comedians from British circuit and uh, sometimes Americans, if they happen to be around. Our biggest one was, uh, well, biggest one definitely was uh, Jim Gaffigan in 2019. Uh, we did uh, a date of his European tour uh, in Moscow. Um, so yeah, that's what I do. But with, with regards to how do you get these sort of names, do you do you go in saying, "Yo, my name is Oleg. Listen up here, my friend. I want you to perform. If you don't, I'm going to sort you out." Or does it say, "Perform in my show right now"? Yeah, yeah, it's like, uh, yeah, it's, I say if you don't perform, I will put something in your tea, which is bad. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, uh, but I mean, like, uh, sometimes it's just, uh, you know, because like the network of uh, international, like the, 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 the community of international comedy in, uh, in the countries where English is not the native language is still developing and still a long way of being far away from being developed so usually within one country there is well maybe one or two contacts and we basically all know each other because sometimes it would somebody would say oh there is like this guy like Jim Gaffigan who's doing shows in like Estonia for example and so uh, maybe we can kind of work together and get him to Russia as well just as an example uh, so uh, it's kind of it's still uh, a very much a developing market and I, I really like the way it develops for example in uh, in Europe in Eastern Europe in Western Europe um, like it's now developing in a very healthy way I think because originally uh, well again like maybe like 15 years ago or something uh, there were first uh, English-speaking comedy shows uh, in uh, some European capitals like Berlin like uh, Barcelona like Prague and uh, it was mostly very amateur and it was mostly started by um, people like, for example, like an English teacher is somebody who's from like America or Britain or Canada who didn't find a normal job in their own country. So they went to, to, to teach English as a foreign language. And so they were just come out and say, well, I'm basically interested, interested I'm basically an interesting person because English is my first language. Uh, and that was uh, kind of the start of comedy uh, because like it wasn't really very good uh, and um, but that's a start right that's a start and then uh, a lot of things changed and then the local community um, and uh, started joining in a lot of a lot of not just uh, again not just this community of like yeah, English teachers for native language, native speakers, English teachers, but also locals. And because in Europe is such a melting pot, uh, a lot of people who would perform in such events are, um, like for example, if they if it's in Berlin, they are not from Berlin. They're from Romania or Spain or something like this because they already form an international community and their common language is English. So a lot of this joined joined in and a lot of different comedy venues, comedy nights, comedy organizations later, it all is kind of popping up. So uh, now it's a very diverse, but also a very close knit sort of community where any, like most of the people, they know most of the others. And uh, so it's easy to coordinate tours, um, even festivals sometimes, uh, but it's still developing and it's still, not like it's it's still not like on tv or on any sort of terrestrial media of any kind uh, it's what forms um, 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 uh, a healthy community uh, because for example in russia it's not like that um, like healthy community grows like from people understand that the, the, that live gigs are good and people get can make a living out of live gigs and then it gets on like tv or radio or something like this um, and in Russia, it's a little bit the other way around. In in what way is it the other way around? Well, the, uh, in Russia is like um, is the other way around because um, uh, it's kind of like in Russia, it's all about kind of celebrity power. 
so it's just kind of not actually like doing anything good because the the market the media market is not really is not really that free it's kind of a little bit limited uh so this that formed a certain mentality uh which is kind of like the people just want to see somebody who's famous and so it's kind of um like for example it's not uh like there um there is no, the the live live gig community it exists but it's only a low low level thing right like if, for example, in Britain, what amazed me at the time when I just arrived, I realized how many people are work are working comedians. They're doing really well uh, and fin financially well, and kind of in terms of reputation, professional reputation, they're doing really well just from working clubs. Like that's all they do. Like there are a lot of people who don't like that. They don't have like maybe not zero, but maybe one or two TV appearances. And they don't really it's not really important because the there is the club and the comedy clubs are the authority to the audience because the authority the, the audience comes to the club they don't come to see a particular face and this is the healthy market in russia it's the other way around so that uh the live gigs themselves they don't um they don't justify themselves financially like people only would come to see somebody live if they've seen him on TV, uh, and very rarely it happens. Like it, it, there, there are low-level gigs, but then again, you wouldn't make a lot of money out of them. So it's kind of uh, the the how stand-up started becoming popular in Russia is that uh, they looked at uh, like the guys from TV, and, and TV is uh, all Russian TV is basically state-funded, uh, like through one scheme or the other. Uh, so it's kind of a lot of money which is not actually kind of it's not the business right it's just the money it comes from a different place so uh, some producers at like a um, entertainment tv channel um they looked oh um there's this thing stand up it's, uh, it's it's cool so we would so they just put some like people who wrote like humor and performed some like uh, um comedy stuff uh, in different forms and they put them in charge of it and uh, they kind of oh let's call this show stand up and they started doing stand up on tv and uh, of course even now even now uh, if we compare them to young comedians young comedians like 10 years uh, 10 years later are much much better than them but they are still the only one who can actually make big bucks out of it because they've been on tv for 10 years uh, so it's not about quality it's about star power and that's all and so there is and uh, uh, really there is like it's it's literally not possible for anyone to have a career as a working comic unless they're kind of like unless their presence in the media is more than the actual presence live this it, it works a little bit weird but uh, that's that's how it is mm. and that's yeah, yeah, I've I've heard of plenty of cases like that, and it's it's um, it, that is a good thing. And I mean, so many comics from Canada or America come into London because there's more paid opportunities there, and they pay them better. And then one of the things is as well, like in Russia, you, you can't really get away with insulting Putin and political comedy or satire. Whilst in here, you can, but people yeah, can claim yeah. they get really sensitive and all. Yeah, people in UK have it very good compared to a lot of other places. And a lot of people here don't really realise how good they have it. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. I will say also, some of what you said does transpire in here as well, because it still doesn't pay anywhere near as well as it could. And it doesn't pay as well as it used to before, because there's so many people doing comedy now, like thousands and thousands. And it's like, you know, there's only a small... It's it's the people can make an all right living out of it being just a pro comic doing clubs and that's fantastic. Uh, but the ones that are super comfortable about it and really in a place of luxury in comedy are ones with a huge social media following, or yeah, being on TV a lot like we said in Russia as well. But at least there's some sort of middle ground in the UK. Yeah, there is a middle ground. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, um, uh, it's uh, it's possible to kind of to build kind of a steady progression. For example, it's not you can be at like a working comic and then like wait for your chance for your big break, but you're still okay. Yeah, you're still working, and you don't like you know you're not a waiter or something like this. 
Uh, but yeah, that's the that's the that's the difference. Uh, and but this is kind of because this is because the uh, yeah, it's it's basically it's very new um, here, so the the market is a little bit weird. Um, how, how does it work when you're getting international comics? Because I spoke to Rizal Van Gezel in Malaysia, and he says to me that so they pay for their flight till somewhere in between like Singapore or Philippines and then they pay for the rest of their flight from there and accommodation to perform at their club does it work in a similar sort of arrangement in there because my god so in this so you uh, if i understand you correctly so the artist pays for the flight to the region and then transfers within the region are paid for by the club yeah yeah well, in, in, in Russia, well, what we usually do is something like this as well. Yeah. Basically, we cover all the expenses which are here, like accommodation and transfer within Russia. And the tickets to Russia are purchased by the, the, the artist. Yeah, and, uh, and then we pay a fixed fee on top of that, of course. Yeah, and that's pretty good. <laughs> well, I mean, that's okay. Yeah. I mean, like uh, people who come, like uh, we now kind of reviving our program. Like, um, well, I, I wouldn't say that we're after the pandemic, but not after the pandemic. But now in Russia, like um, in Russia, we're kind of past the point where the pandemic is the main news of the day. Uh, so it's kind of like with some restrictions, there are some restrictions, but in general, people just get on with their lives. And even though the numbers are not looking good, we understand, like everybody understands that economically Russia can't like do any lockdowns or anything like that. Because even during the first lockdown, there were like almost no like financial aid to anybody. So they understand that there's no, like if there's another lockdown, like people are going to go crazy and they're going to just go bankrupt and, you know, it's not going to work. And, uh, you know. Uh, so now, um, and since now, kind of the vaccination is uh, very available uh, anywhere. So we're now kind of reviving the program of inviting headliners, uh, like comedians from abroad, because um, anybody now can make their own choice. If they're vaccinated, yeah, there is a chance to get sick, but in general, it's okay. You know, like we can, uh, people can take that risk. So um, uh, it's interesting to see how it all turns out uh, to be now. Like it, it is going to be different because the audience at international shows in Russia also changed during last year a lot, obviously, because there's very little, like very few expats now. Um, and uh, uh, in the uh, beginning of, I think, 2020, there was a like, uh, a very promising program uh, introduced by the uh, the government, the foreign affairs in Russia, is the electronic visa program, uh, which was supposed to give foreigners, like from like Europe, Britain, America, uh, the opportunity to get a tourist visa uh, without actually going to the embassy, like uh, just like filling out the form and you get your visa, and it's much easier and cheaper. And less hassle so that would uh, be tested first in Moscow and St. Petersburg and uh, as main tourist places so that would uh, the, the, the idea is to boost the tourism in those at least in those two cities and that would work very very well for us because the traffic of inter like international people would would go up and that would definitely work in our advantage but now any sort of people traffic going up is seen as an evil. So uh, they kind of froze this program until you know, better times. So now it's not working, but it's interesting to see how it uh, will go now when we bring international shows back and traditional comedians. So how is it, yeah, how's it gonna work now when you're doing um, English and Spanish comedy at your club with there being less expats? How do you, is, does, do you think it has to be predominantly all Russian now? And what odd show here and there? Well, we still have a lot of com like and we still have comics uh, who like the the, the performers. Uh, a lot of them are experts uh, because uh, well, they just live live in Russia, and so they are not like they're not going anywhere. Uh, but the audience, yeah, the audience uh, is now like ninety percent Russian, sometimes even a hundred percent Russian, and it used to be 
like maybe 60% Russian and 40% foreigners at English shows. So uh, now it's, uh, you know, we're kind of falling into this um, uh, trap when um, um, the material which works is not the same material which is international. Because for example, now, because I, I work both abroad and in Russia and in Russian and in English in Russia. So in, in, uh, now, for example, when the audience is less kind of, is more, uh, is all Russian, it's less well-traveled, uh, it has a lower level of uh, the language uh, knowledge as well. Uh, so now it's more about, um, you know, the topics which, are specifically Russian and the type of humor which are more uh, kind of more Russian than international and I can and I and other comics who have performed abroad a lot we can see that very much that sometimes we know like for example the, before the pandemic February 2020 we went on this tour uh, which was the, the, the like first commercially successful tour from Russian-based comics in Europe uh and we went like all, all over europe and we kind of formed like uh by the end of it the we had this kind of like uh, like this is the international set like a 30 minute set which is uh which works in uh, zagreb berlin Tallinn, amsterdam um, uh, stockholm helsinki and so on yeah so we kind of kind of distilled this set right and if we tell this set here in Russia, it's not it's not going to work. Like it will work, but it's not going to work nearly as well as some jokes about specifically Russian stuff. And this is a, there is a cheating thing which uh, I know works in many countries, like India, for example. Because uh, I have an Indian uh, comedian friend who also told me that that's what they do. Is when you know when uh, the joke is uh, is told in uh, English, but the punchline is told in the native language. And then it triggers a bigger laugh just because it's more visceral kind of, you know, like the secret. Ah, yeah. It connects deeper with, because laughter is a visceral reaction. So it's uh, kind of triggers a bigger laugh if just because you say the punchline in, in Russian or like in Indian or something like this. Uh, so now we're in this situation. But before that, we were pretty much like any sort of international uh, comedy scene in Europe, let's say like Berlin, Prague, Moscow, you could come with the same jokes and kind of it would work. When you're, so when you're, can, can you do comedy in Spanish as well? No, I can't. <laughs> but we have a few, we have a few comedians who can, so uh, that they kind of approached, approached me and kind of said, oh, maybe we try a Spanish night. And I was uh, kind of skeptical about it. Uh, so we'll put it on Monday. And so let's see how it works. And on Monday, like the full room showed up and like over a half of them were like Latin Americans uh, who are actually live in Moscow. And I never met them because they have like, they don't go to English events and they don't go to Russian events. And I kind of never knew they existed. Yeah, so it actually worked pretty well, yeah. Yeah, there's a, there's a, there's a comedian I had on the podcast called Chris Markowitz. And he has a friend who runs uh, Polish comedy nights in the UK, and they're mm. apparently quite packed as well. So it's, yeah, it's, I think because with expat communities, they they feel more passionate with their locals, but they relate to it. It's like they miss home or something when you do that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, for I think uh, in uh, I, I actually I didn't uh, I didn't hear about. Uh, any Russian possible comedy nights uh, in um, uh, England or in Britain, uh, and I think I would hear about it. Uh, but there are definitely Russian comedy nights in Berlin, in some other cities in Germany, because in Germany there's many Russians. Um, and um, for some reason on the Instagram, I, I, I've been recently getting a lot of Mm, like I, I'm getting recommended um, comedy nights in um, um, some somewhere in Thailand. I don't remember, but there's kind of a Russian comedy club in Thailand. What? <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a lot of Russians in Thailand. Yeah. It, 
yeah, Thailand's a very beautiful place. It's got so many things in it. Yeah, yeah, a lot of expats. So I think the, I mean, there's English companies and there's like there's really a lot of Russians. So I, I would imagine, and now I know that there is an actual club and there's like residents and you know they perform. Wow, yeah. it, it's amazing isn't it, how crafted these social media apps are. They like they yeah. they really know you. they know you better than your girlfriend, your mum, or your dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, now, what we we spoke of this before, but one of the things is like we spoke of how do you um what what's the structure of comedy if you're doing a Russian joke and if you're doing an English joke because as I, I think we said before with English comedy it's the quickest language to get to the punchline whilst yeah, in Russian yeah, yeah. to make it a bit longer. Yeah. Uh, usually, usually, yeah. They usually, I think that's uh, that's that's what we that's what we talked about, and that's what what is true, and that's why English uh, seems to be uh, the you know the, the best language for for stand up. Well, it's kind of you you can argue either it's the best or it's just like the one in which which has accumulated the most experience yeah. and different styles and just has history, and I think that uh, like. Russian stand-up and stand-up in other languages is not nearly as developed yet, but it's definitely it's definitely so that in English you can get to the punchline quicker, and in Russian it's more about kind of creating laughter, not just from structure. Because I'm because as a person like um, uh, I'm getting my Russian uh, special release soon, uh, like uh, an hour show, and. Uh, um, and uh, in, for example, at, at some period I performed more in English even than in Russian. And so I'm aware of this like difference in how how you structure stuff. And I figured out that my approach is always um, like uh, is more English and more international than most of the Russian comedians. Because when I when I do it, like when I I write a joke. I always know that why it's a joke. So basically, I can dissect it and show it. Oh, this is the setup. This is the impression you get at the you 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 make at the beginning, and this is how you revert it, and this is why it has relevance, and so on, and so on, and so on. So kind of all my jokes. Like I'm not saying like that every single person will laugh at every single one of my jokes. Of course not. Uh, but but if like the joke doesn't work for some reason. I uh, I know why there is, but it's all there's always a joke, uh, and uh, in Russian stand-up, for example, it's not necessarily like this. You, you, you something they they say something which is, um, um, well, it's it's joke, yeah, but it's not uh, like it wouldn't work on paper, for example. It's more maybe built on uh, the impression they make or the. A specific uh, usage of a specific voice or something like this. It's kind of a, a less, uh, well, kind of reliant on script sometimes. Yeah. And it's sometimes not clear what, um, um, well, what, why is it supposed to be funny? And so with some people, it works well because they're more talented. And the some, with some people, it doesn't work so well because they're less talented, but they, don't understand why it doesn't work because they do something like the other people who are more talented they do the same but it doesn't work for them and so they get frustrated because of that but the reason they get frustrated is because they're both doing it wrong i mean you understand right so it's kind of like it's it's more about like they um like it's not as clear and kind of it's it's not as clear clearly set up in the culture of Russian comedy, of what the joke actually is. Which means it's harder the joke still then. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> actually, there's more of that. <laughs> oh! <laughs> more because if you can't, if you can't, uh, if you can't uh, kind of delineate a bit of content, it's much easier to steal. Like it's, it's kind of, it is. So, what's an example of a joke that you use both in English and Russian? Well, that's the that's the thing. Uh, for me, I use all of them, both in English and in Russian. And if I feel that this joke can't be used in English and in Russian, 
in both of those languages, then I probably don't think it's a very good job. Uh, well, the only difference is, of course, if I'm using specific references, and then I understand why it wouldn't work. For example, if I'm talking about something that only Russians know, which is important only to them, uh, of course, they will not tell this joke in any other place, uh, you know. Uh, but uh, in, in Russian, there's much less, there's almost no, uh, no such thing as puns, again, language and um, a language uh, which is uh, less concise, a le uh, language with uh, less, uh, with more um, like, you know, bits of words changing because of the, you know, the part of speech changes, the, um, like it's either first person, third person, and that changes, adds something to the word. So it's uh, kind of more elaborate. So there's much, much less room for uh, uh, puns, wordplay, this sort of stuff. Um, but in general, for me, I would, uh, most of my jokes I use in, in both uh, languages. And, okay. And, but how, do you, would you be able to give an example of one joke that you use for both that's short and simple to demonstrate the differences? Well, uh, yeah. Um, well, I have this. I have this joke, and whatever, whenever I I, I um, mention something about Putin, like for example, right, and then people kind of like if people like, and some people there's always some people who react like, uh, well, I may, I'm not sure. I say like, well, I'm making this joke not because I'm against Putin. You know, I like Putin actually, and I like democracy as well. How does it work? Very simple. I voted for Putin seven times in one day, yeah. you know, <laughs> so it's kind of about, you know, election fraud. <laughs> How would that happen in Russian? How does it sound? Uh, well, like if I only using the last bit when I say I like Putin, I like democracy, which is the actual joke. And it's kind of like, uh, you, you want me to say it in Russian? Yeah, uh, and then say how they uh, do it. Uh, uh, на самом деле, я люблю Путина, но я Как это работает? Очень просто. Я голосовал за Путина четыре раза в один день. So it's kind of, uh, you know, it's the same structure uh, because it's short and simple. But in English, it's much simpler still. <laughs> but because in Russia, you have to do like a story and you have to maintain people's interest. So it can be a bit harder in a way, can it? uh yeah yeah we're like again because of like less experience and so on the form of the joke is less appreciated uh like it's more about kind of i mean one of the the probably the most reliable way of uh making people laugh uh, here is just uh is uh when you make them recognize something it's observational comedy at the uh, at the uh, at its purest sort of form, and it's kind of because the Russian comedy takes like maybe ninety percent from American and maybe ten percent from any other sort of comedy, including British. So it's more about like you know, like all these American comics who are like, "Hey, so what about what about this thing, which is the thing that I don't like? What about it?" And that's the whole joke. And in Russian comedy, there's a lot of that as well. So it's kind of like if people recognize something. Uh, they will just kind of laugh and support you, even if there's no joke. Mm. What, what's the, what, I mean, one of the things we spoke of in the last one was, if you're trying to crowd work and banter with the audience, in English, you can make fun of the first or saying this and that, but you say in Russia, you don't. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, sometimes you do, but uh, there's always a chance, like, uh, again, it, it, because of, you know, the audience is less experienced uh, in this whole thing. They, uh, some people are, uh, well, just, they in general kind of closed up and they don't, they're not supposed to, they, they, they come, come out, they, they go out and they're not supposed to, they don't think they're supposed to interact with somebody. And uh, if you kind of, you kind of start talking and that poses a risk to the performer if you uh, I mean there's definitely going to be some people who are up for it and there's going to be some people who are very much not up for it and so basically if you start an interaction with the wrong one like it will uh, they will they might be so not up for it that it will ruin like a few minutes of the show so uh, and and in general they 
kind of appreciate they appreciate when you're being either very general and or not talk to them at all uh, for and that's why uh, you know like the clubs uh, in Russia they um, um, set up special events for this because uh, they understand that not everything is to anybody's taste and the the um, form of stand-up the format of stand-up is not really that you know set in stone they would say for example okay so this is the improvisational sort of like crowd work show and if you come to that you know what you're coming for and this is just a stand-up show and nobody will speak to you just listen like you know like uh, like in a theater um so it's kind of about this mm. but <clears throat> does it differ in terms of the how, how do what, what's so you've been to the Edinburgh Fringe and you've seen a lot of British people in a the way they joke around and they interact. Mm -hmm. How does the joke, how does the culture of Russians interacting and having a laugh differ to that of an Englishman? You know, Englishmen will, will, will sometimes make fun of each other and say, oh, if someone saw me now, they'll say, Marvin, why are you dressed like an unemployed office worker? Yeah, they'll, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they'll say, oh, you look a bit like a nerdy, whatever, whatever. And then do, yeah. do, do they, how do they do that in Russia? Like, well, I would say that, I would say that, uh, well, I mean, that all exists, of course, but the difference is, as, as, uh, I, uh, as, I, um, as far as I can understand, is that uh, in uh, British, well, and in kind of many European countries in general, uh you are you before you can make such a joke in russia and in britain but in britain it doesn't require you to have a very close or little relationship with this person so you can basically just hey hey there's my friend this and that and like a few phrases and then you can make a joke about them you know and because they are everybody understands that it's just like in terms just kind of good fun sort of situation and in Russia, you can make this, but you have to be kind of friends already, kind of more friendly. You need to, kind uh, of, they, uh, they, they need to understand that they kind of trust you to be their friend or at least kind of friendly, good human being, whatever. Uh, and then you can, and then you can make such a joke. Yeah. So it's a bit, people in Russia, are a bit more reserved and a bit more. Then, yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So. <clears throat> Um, what what is your advice for dating a Russian woman? <laughs> <laughs> Just dating dating any woman. Don't be a jerk, <laughs> and, and 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 have a European passport. Of course, of course. Well, I've got a British <laughs> well, you don't have a European passport though, so. Oh, that's true. Yeah, no <laughs> not <more>. anymore. Yes. <laughs> But you know, it could be a brief exchange. I've got a Thai passport and I've got a British passport. So, you know, swap a bit of the Russian with the British and Thai passport. Yeah, Thai, Thai as well. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, but but um, um, really, it's, uh, you know, sometimes sometimes the situation happens like this in, in Russia, for example, when somebody comes here to for work or something like this. And of course, you know, of course, there's a lot of women who are kind of like, okay, you uh, you know, this is a way to actually get out of the country and meet somebody. And in general, you know, uh, in general, uh, men from, you know, Western men, uh, you know, they're kind of rightfully so that they get a lot of attention because in general, they represent, you know, some values and kind of the, 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 the some things which uh, they don't even think about. It's kind of about their upbringing which are kind of, you know, they're less, uh, kind of less possessive, less aggressive, and so on, and so on, and so on, and oh. towards women, that you don't have such a patriarchal, kind of openly patriarchal view, in, in, you know, so it's kind of, it's rightfully so that they get a lot of attention, but sometimes this situation happens, and, uh, uh, you know, a guy from, you know, from some Western country comes to Russia, uh, meets the, kind of, he meets the Russian uh, lady, and uh, they kind of start dating uh, and then and then uh, and she at this point like if they kind of are getting married or about to get married at this point she will just go oh and well, get married and so I'll, I will go to that country but then he came to Russia 
uh, you know, uh, he, he came to Russia not because he just wanted to meet a woman, of course, he came to Russia for some other reason, you know, for maybe other, maybe, you know, that there's a competition, his profession is too high in his country, or because with his kind of set of working skills in Russia, he as a foreign expert gets a lot more money, you know, for example, like even, even stuff like teaching English, teaching English, you can go teach English. I'm, I don't know, maybe you would have a degree, but if you don't, you, will, you can still come to Russia teach English without a degree and get like three times as much as any Russian English teacher. Whoa. Don't tell, don't, don't tell anybody I told you that. <laughs> of course, of course. Uh, but in general, kind of, uh, and, and a funny situation uh, happens that she wants him to take her and move away, move to, to the West. And he wants to stay in Russia because, you know, like, especially, for example, the, the best situation is if you, if you get your salary, for example, if you work for an international company and you get your salary in euros or dollars or anything like that, then in Russia, uh, you're, you know, you're a king. You, know, you can afford a lot of stuff. So, um, yeah, uh, sometimes it happens like this. It's kind of like that they, they meet and like she wants to leave, but she wants, he wants to stay. You know? So in general, dating Russian women is, you know, I think it's kind of like, like, like everywhere else. Um, yeah, of course. Yeah, I just, it's, mm. and it, it's, <clears throat> but, so, with the way sort of Russia's structured and everything, if my name was um, was Bob, and mm -hmm. I wanted to progress in Russia, how would I go about developing in the Russian scene? Yeah, if you wanted to do what, uh, like perform comedy or something? Yeah, and develop a career in comedy. I, I know what you've said so far, but if you wanted to go against <laughs> the odds and uh, well, you know, uh, you can start by learning Russian, uh, but <laughs> no, no, but uh, in general, do you know Milo Edwards, yeah? Milo uh, Edwards. Yes, yes, yeah. Well, he, he did that, like he, he came here just to, I don't know, to study or something, exchange student or something, and then he was very good at Russian, he just learned it very quickly, he just kind of the talent for it, and then at some point he just, he was doing some kind of like, like we, there used to be like the like open mics in English stand up comedy open mics like quite like amateur a lot of people were trying it for the first time and so he tried it in English and then there was some guy uh, who just said oh it's interesting that an Englishman is in Russia and like doing comedy and he's like do you speak Russian he said actually I can a little bit and so they got him on the TV project uh, where he performed in Russian. And he learned Russian perfectly since then. Well, he's done pretty well, hasn't he? Like he has got quite a big following, I see. And um... well, I mean, he was a, he was a, yeah he got into one of this first sort of TV project as a sort of a novelty. It's like an Englishman uh, performing in Russian. He's very like it, it was funny. It was unusual, and he you know he did pretty well. He spoke Russian well, but he had an accent. But it was kind of it's not the accent which makes it hard to understand you the accent which kind of adds you know uniqueness and you know like peculiarity like oh it's an englishman speaking russian you know? uh, and uh, he did yeah he did really well and he's um, well i wouldn't say like a star or something but he's uh, he's okay he's doing okay i mean he i think he um, he's um, uh, he's now well, like he's been living in london for like maybe a couple of years now but I think he has still like some offers from Russia coming in from time to time uh, to 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 go do yeah. some shows or record. Yeah, he he's he's he's, he's the yeah he he definitely does get that. It's it's yeah. I mean he's, but I mean because of that he's got a big base. Like, um, do you know Paul? Is it guy called Paul Taylor from What the Fuck France? What's that? Sorry. It's called what he was a big famous star of you uh, a thing called what the fuck France. No. Like, rival sensation. And he does mm. come French and English. And there's hour long shows in Frankish, as he calls it. He does both languages and he's got a massive audience as a result of that. So it's a similar sort of thing to him, really, because he he worked in Apple, then he moved over to France. Mm -hmm. And he's been coming there. 
And then he decided to do one of his jokes in a skit and it got hit massively. And ever since then, he's just been a viable, massive success in France. Ah, oh, okay. All right. I never heard but, of it. But, but it, um, it's yeah. a funny thing. If you have an accent and you speak in that country, it, it, it adds a bit of, like, I like chips, right? But when you put the ketchup and, and mayonnaise in it, it makes it way better. And I feel that if you have an accent and you do comedy in that, it just makes it more entertaining. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm, so, I mean, if you wanted to perform in... Uh, in uh, uh, if you want to kind of kind of have a really career in Russia, you need to learn Russian. That's, the, that's how it works. I will say one thing, that Oleg. It would be funny to see a Cockney do comedy in Russia. <laughs> <laughs> Or a Russian doing comedy, comedy. Yeah, well, that could be good. <laughs> <laughs> so we could do it now. Oh, like just say, "You are right, mate. I'm I'm going for some, you know, apples and pears with my china plate pal. You know what I'm done." <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to try it because that would be <laughs> that would be bad. <laughs> but. Now, what would you say, and this is the final sort of two questions mm -hmm. on the podcast, yeah, yeah. Uh, comedy has given you, and how do people find out about you and your work? Mm. Well, what's comedy? Comedy is giving me, I don't know, I... Um... Mm, I see, I see, I still see uh, it like as comedy and um, kind of creativity and creative writing in uh, like, I, I'd see it as uh, not just stand-up comedy for myself, but many other things. And I, I really, really doubt that I will do stand-up comedy like in 10 years time. I don't, I don't think I will perform. Um, maybe even earlier, I will, I will stop doing it uh, and kind of move on kind of backstage and will write more. Uh, um, but but so for me it's just what uh, for me stand up is just one part of uh, you know just kind of general creative process which is kind of about you know about people about characters about like weird things that we all live with and how, how we cope with them and so on and so on so for, for me it's like that and um, i'm kind of working now on projects which are which kind of go beyond uh, just stand up and uh, maybe they will be successful in the next couple of years. So, um, uh, and, uh, and because this is, this is the problem, which I realized recently that I'm not exactly a person which is um, all about marketing themselves. I feel uncomfortable doing this. Uh, and uh, this is why uh, I said, as I said, I'm so admire the British uh, comedy circuit because it allows me to not do that. You know, it'll, as if, if you're a good comedian, you don't have to do it necessarily. You can be, uh, you can work in clubs and you will get the professional community to accept you. And this is all you need to have a professional career. And then you can kind of work on some projects on top of that, of course, to get more successful. But it doesn't necessarily involve uh, just getting your face around any chance you can. Which is don't add something that I don't want to do, and I, you know, um, the social media. I can work with social media because I, as a promoter, I did this tour, I did uh, my tours, festivals. I, I'm doing like I opened a club and I did social media for the club, so it's not a problem for me. But I feel myself, I feel uncomfortable uh, getting like kind of putting myself in the, on the spot, like in the spotlight all the time. I like the process of performing to people, but this is different. This is just kind of doing my job. But I don't, um, you know, I will never be like a social media, um, like a person who's like kind of pumping, pumping up the social media content all the time. Um, so this is what I see in it. And how do people, uh, you know, find out about me? Uh, I try to, and this has been my conscious strategy, is to kind of work uh, a specific angle and go through 
again, professional communities which can help me. For example, I uh, uh, comedy festivals are the people that I, I present myself to them and then present and they present me to the public. And this is the scheme which is I like more because uh, that allows me to work, to talk to people on the expert level, kind of show, show them what's good about what I do. And then they decide if their audience, if this is what the audience needs. And uh, this is the process, promotional process, which is kind of, which I understand more and I like more. It does, I mean, it's, it's, it's with the Edinburgh Fringe, I, I, I ended up uh, getting a free coffee of one of the biggest comedy uh, club owners in New Zealand. He came with his family. I was sat by myself doing a bit of writing. And they asked if they could sit on the same table as me. And I said, yeah, go ahead. And they sat next to me. And then um, he noticed I was writing. So he says, G'day, mate. You're a comedian, aren't you? And I said, yeah. And he says, here's my business card. I'm Scott Black. And then they paid for my coffee. And that's how it ended. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in Edinburgh Fringe, is somebody sitting there uh, in the cafe and writing something. He's definitely a comedian. And if he's not writing, he's also a comedian. He's improvisational comedian. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> because everybody's a comedian <laughs> during the Fringe. Uh, yeah, but yeah, I mean, that's what I like about this festivals and, you know, like this sort of communities. It's, it's, uh, it's cool and it's more kind of it doesn't make me nervous it's kind of it's uh, it allows me to have a like the division in between my working life and my personal life yeah. so i don't i i will i i will never put my personal life on the this on like display or kind of uh dedicate the whole kind of sections of my day just for my personal promotion like on social media and so on it's yeah. A lot of work. <laughs> yeah, it is a lot of work. Yeah. So, it, it, how 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 do they find out about you, Oleg? Well, I mean, I uh, usually I, I make some I, I make I make presentations, I make press releases, I send it out. Uh, uh, well, that's what I did at the beginning. Now I kind of already have more connections, like personal connections. Okay. So. But I'll write down like your websites for like still the show and all the social media things. It's, it yeah, yeah, yeah. Please do. Probably be the main thing that you. Yeah, 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 yeah. You can add. We have. Uh, we just started to uh, like a YouTube channel, which is it's kind of it's more not for promotion, but more for no, but more for reference. Like if anybody says, "Oh, there's English stand-up comedy in Moscow," can they? Well, like, what is it any good or is it shit as shit as we expect? And then they would go and they would see it actually not bad. Uh, so you can add that to like the links to the podcast, like a uh, YouTube channel. Uh, sure. Yeah, I'll just, I'll just give it to the, uh, should give you the link. Well, it's been, it's been a lot of fun, Oleg. And everyone back home, if you like this episode, share it with your friends, give us a five-star review on Amazon or iTunes. And of course, um, subscribe. And I got guys, I'll see you at the next episode. Oleg, any last words? Oh, just support live comedy in your town. Yeah, that, that's right, guys. Let's do that.